now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Engler, and this is episode 42. Now, I'm joined here once again by my co-host, Mr. Zach Preston, a.k.a. Freshly Squeezed Orange Zackety. What's up, buddy? Well, good evening there, Jeffrey. Hello, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, Freshly Squeezed Orange Zackety, here with Jeff to talk to you about another great week of AEW content. I think any week that you get to see Penelope for TV is a great week. I'm pretty sure that's what my partner always thinks, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, her match wasn't the best, but... <laughs> We'll get into that. <laughs> hey, we'll get to that, yeah. Oh, yeah. So without further ado, let's just jump straight into the news. We got a lot of news for you guys. So um, you want to start this off with your little bit of news, and then I'll ramble on for more. Yeah, yeah I, got a couple, I got a couple pieces of news. Kenny Omega's obviously been uh, teasing the video game. He says it's a long way out. Um, we'll see what that means. Um if I had to guess, they probably started on this video game thing like pretty early on in their uh, uh, in their time as an organization. So uh, we'll see if it's a ploy. We'll see if it comes out this year. Probably not this year. I would anticipate that it's going to come out before Christmas at some point. Um, so maybe it's this Christmas. Maybe it's next Christmas. Um, on the other side of the pond, we got WWE. Um, the report is that some fans are to be allowed to the next takeover, which is uh, this Saturday for all of those, I'm going to look behind the curtain. We're recording on Friday, so that's tomorrow. Um, so again, that's NXT TakeOver 31, supposedly supposed to allow fans uh, for the first time um, since they stopped doing the live shows. So they have we'll a TakeOver tomorrow? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, NXT shit. TakeOver I don't... 31 Fuck. is tomorrow. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it's the best pay-per-views they put on. I don't even watch. And and for all those, all of you out there who have been following us for a long time, like I've always been a WWE apologist. Um, but I don't even watch the program anymore. I don't even, I used to like, I stopped watching SmackDown a long time ago. And then I was like, ah, I'll just watch raw. Cause it's, it's Monday night. But to be honest with you, being a married man, like Wednesday's worth, like casting my wife aside for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Certainly it's not, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, uh, it sees, it has precedent over some things. <laughs> right. Right. So you get it. So. Uh, that's all I got. What do you got this week, Jeff? I know you had a few notes we were talking about. Oh yeah. So uh, my boy Matt Cardona, his uh, his stint in AEW, uh, his contract is up at least. Uh, he, he, I think there might be a couple more like one-offs, maybe. But I think this was just to get the hype around his name, just to get him into other places. I wish he would have showcased himself in a singles match or done some. He had two tag matches and a run-in where he ripped his shirt off. So we really didn't get to see a whole lot. Kind of disappointing. I'm sure we'll see him on Impact. I'm sure we'll see him in New Japan when things open back up. Uh, and speaking of New Japan, uh, the president of New Japan has uh, had his departure. And that was one of the big problems that AEW has had with like doing the, the joint um storylines working together having a, a a great working relationship like on the fact that actually their guys come over to AEW because you know Tony Khan has said a million times uh you know I send people over there all the time and they do great shows and uh you know you're welcome uh but I, we get nothing in return so maybe uh whoever steps up or they, they he might have already stepped up 
I don't know who it is, but uh, maybe we might get to see Okada in uh, AEW ring or, you know, Kota Ibushi or Jay White or Will Ospreay. The, Zack Sabre. Oh, dude. That'd be awesome. The matches would be endless. They could yeah. have an invasion angle. They could have so many cool things. They could do something kind of like the G1 only in AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it would just be awesome. So I'm hoping, you know, crossing fingers that the, the guy who steps up understands how business works and that this would just be great for both of them, especially the market in, in America uh, for New Japan opened way up because of the Bullet Club. Let's just all be honest. AJ Styles and the Bullet Club uh, really brought it over, but it was mainly the Young Bucks. They don't really get a whole lot of credit for it, but um, yeah. So other than that New Japan stuff, uh, so Arn Anderson trying to uh, trying to get that Four Horsemen, uh, uh, what is the word? I don't know why I'm blanking. Trademark. <laughs> trademark. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, trying to trademark the four horsemen or something around that. So, I mean, uh, speculation, it's FTR, Cody and Sean Spears. Uh, that would be a great, I would, I'd watch that. I'd watch that for sure. Um, so other than that, I want to, yo, I'm telling you, there's a reason that Cody (laughs) came back in all black. Like that, that was very intentional. Everything Cody does is intentional. Like it is, but I think he did it because he was on a show where he's going to have dark hair. <laughs> you no, know, I hear what you're saying, but like it makes sense with the character. I don't. This match is going to break him. We'll get into that match later. But oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, for I'm sure about that. So trademarking uh, four horsemen, something in that lane of four horsemen, and uh, okay, let's talk about this Twitch thing with WWE. So. It, is it this week or next week where they're taking over the, all their stuff? Like basically, um, I read, shit, where did I read it? That they're going to take over half the revenue and whatever else that they make off of Twitch or any cameos or anything like that comes out of their, um, their like, their definite money at the, you know, per year. You know how they get a, their contract and their, the downside um, is what they're guaranteed money. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to it's a crazy scenario, dude. It's going to come out of it's, it's that. crazy. So not only are they taking half of the money right away, but whatever they make off of it, they won't make mm-hmm. that in their like actual contracted work. That doesn't well, make today sense. Was, today was the deadline too. October 2nd was essentially like if they didn't stop like unauthorized third-party deals they pretty much said like we can find you we can terminate you we can suspend you we can like do what the fuck ever and it's like i i understand like the whole like okay um what's a good example roman reigns this dude joe anawa is his real name he's not say he was going on twitch you know most of the wrestlers aren't going on as their you know independent persona they're going on as their wrestling persona you know yeah um the guys from New Day have their very popular show. Um, you know, they do it under their names or they do it under their, uh, you know, when they bring Kofi Kingston on, they call him Kofi Kingston, you know, like they're not mm-hmm. using his his real name. So I understand like the whole like intellectual property side of it. I just think there's a better way like to not get the PR hit of like the public knowing that you're pretty much saying like, hey, COVID sucks right now. You're not really making any merch money. You know, you're not on screen as much. And on top of that, like you're not getting a cut of any doors or any profits or anything like that in which you appear at. So 
we're also going to take like another potential revenue stream from you yep. and which like you completely had control over the content you know you don't even write the content that you're doing for us on a weekly basis on our wrestling shows but like yo we're just going to take your money off all of your creative content and i'm just like that's a bad pr hit man that's that's really bad pr for them oh yeah because they can take it from anything that they want mm-hmm. and it's not even just the name it's their likeness or anything right. like that so that's their face <laughs> right you'd have to change your face yeah you'd have to, like literally change your face <laughs> oh it's ridiculous I, I i just hope that they all they all just either go on strike or they all just keep streaming and what are they going to fire them all right i hope they fire right. aj and aj gets picked up by, <laughs> by AEW. um i'm so surprised he resigned with wwe he definitely did it because for the comfort in his later stages in his career i get it but. yeah he did it because he thinks he's going to retire there which mm-hmm. we all know his retirement match should be against kenny omega you know oh do no the doubt. right thing aj <laughs> yeah no doubt the, the ideal ideal retirement match would be a triple threat between aj uh kenny omega and uh, Prince Devitt, who you might know as Finn Balor, obviously, over in WWE, who is the current NXT champion, by the eh. way. <laughs> Yo, I mean, hey, he's I understand so you're small. saying that because of the I understand you saying that because of the company he's with, but you you gotta give credit where credit's due. I mean the dude's fucking like a G in the ring. I mean maybe it's just his finisher that I don't like. It's the Coup foot stomp. Yeah, I just don't like it. It's it's like the curb stomp. It's just a horrible move. A lot of people sell it wrong, and it's you just... saw a fun little. Hey, I know you saw a fun little botched curb stomp by Britt Baker. Oh yeah, it was. We'll get into that. Yeah, so that's all the news we got for you guys for this week. Uh, let's get right into dark. The first match was Ray Rosa and Ryzen versus SCU. Um, dude, they are putting Scorpio Sky back in a tag match. I, what what the fuck are they doing? He's literally just got out doing single stuff, and he's already back with Kazarian. Uh, but Sean Spears came out onto commentary and kind of talked about the guy he's wanting to watch, scout, uh, and that's Scorpio Sky. So hopefully this is gonna build build a match between them, man. It it would it would seem that way. They're both like uh, guys that are kind of stuck on dark, having great matches. Um, but yeah, so this match was, I mean, obviously we knew who's going over here, uh, but Kaz and Sky were champs for a reason, man. They really pick people apart. They cut that ring in half. Uh, their, their double team moves are great. They, it's like they, they have that timing down, uh, just pat, man. It's, it's great. Obviously we had an SCU later for the win here. Uh, what'd you have on this? Um, a good opener, rather uninspiring. It was nice to see SCU back, but mm-hmm. like you said, at like what cost? You know, we spent all this time getting invested in Scorpio Sky's new entrance music, his pyrotechnics, like his new gear, all that good stuff. And you and I have been talking about, you know, old Scorpio for a long time. And just, I was hoping this was going to be a one off thing. Um, we'll get into it more, you know, later in the episode, but, uh, they look good here. I mean, it's undeniable that they look good here. Um, the one note I will say about Sean Spears, though, um, was interesting. Like, scouting Scorpio's guy, but, you know, is it going to be for a match or is it 
potentially going to be for this stable or potentially be a tag team or a faction that he might be forming or joining who knows i mean they can kind of go any which way here but uh it, it was a great it was a great tag match i think kaz and sky worked very well together like you said there was a reason oh, yeah. that they were the inaugural aew tag team champions because they're a good tag team i mean um but you know scu as a as a trio as a faction like it's kind of lost their luster. You know, they were hyped a lot coming into AEW, being those initial tag champs like we had talked about. Um, but since Sky left, you know, they've really been floundering in relative obscurity. And so, you know, it kind of gets lost. Like, is this a reason to, like, make us care about SCU again? Like, what is the kind of the purpose behind all of this? You know, is it arbitrary that Scorpio Sky is back with them? Um, or is it meaningful? Like you said, Sean Spears and that program that could potentially come out of that. We'll see. Um it was cool to see the SCU later, uh, but again, it, it, this match just seemed rather arbitrary. SCU picking up that win, like you said. Um, nice little – they're a great tag team. Don't get me wrong. I love watching them as a tag team, but, uh, you know, what are we doing with Scorpio Sky here? So, um, <laughs> the, the next segment would have been no of no interest to you. Um, we had Alex Garcia going up against uh, Kip Sabian's uh, fiance. What's her name again? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man we, we did have ford? this pineapple ford is that her name yeah pineapple ford <laughs> penelope ford we had alex uh gracia i said garcia first is it gracia or is it garcia it's gracia yeah alex gracia versus penelope ford uh this was obviously meant to to showcase penelope ford you know that's what this match was she's they've been building her up she had that awesome match with hikaru shida a couple months ago where like oh, yeah kind of her coming out party the best she had looked in um uh, in aew so it's it's no surprise here they're they're keeping her uh built up this match was like only mediocre though i don't think she looked like you know, this match was horrible. Like, I don't know what you yeah. watched. This was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be nice to your girlfriend. Man. Um, oh, she, she's fine to look at, but this match was, it was yeah. like she drugged this girl around. Like this girl yeah. has never wrestled before in her life. Yeah. And, 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 and Ford, you know, she's great. She looks good, obviously, but she's not at the level where she's carrying a match at this point, obviously. So, you know, she hits that fisherman for the win. One, two, three. Um, I wasn't a big fan of this match. It was like, like I said, mediocre at best. What'd you have on this? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I just, it, she drug her around. It looked like she had to tell her how, how to walk, how to talk, how to do pretty much anything and everything. Uh, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was nice to see her, nicer for her to come out. I didn't like her kissing Kip Sabian, you know, just quit doing that. Just come out by yourself from now on. <laughs> Cheating on my boy Jeff here. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but we did miss this little uh, section before this with Silver, uh, John Silver talking to Evil Uno about Colt Cabana. A nice little promo there talking about how if Brody Lee hates him, then I hate him too. Uh, I shouldn't be teaming with him. And Evil Uno's kind of like, look, man, I believe in Colt Cabana. You have to give him a chance. Um, so, you know, buck up. Buddy. Uh, but yeah, this match really uh, not too good. That fisherman suplex with that bridge pin. Uh, this girl, uh, Alex uh, Gracia, she has the look. Her gear looked great, but she had almost zero fucking offense. There was nothing to her. This was just uh, another talent that they just threw out the fucking window. Uh, almost as bad as they almost did to Will Hobbs with that one-punch Orange Cassidy match that I forgot to mention like the past couple times we talked about Will Hobbs because 
That almost killed him. Spoiler He's such alert. A... They might make up for it later this week. <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> the next match was the Best Friends versus Mbadu and Bishop King. Um, dude, Best Friends, they their brownie points with me ever since that street fight have just been... I love watching their matches now. I have a whole nother like uh respect for Chucky e. T. Uh dude's a beast. Uh Trent's a monster. This match was alright. It wasn't great. Um strong zero for the win. Uh, obviously it's padding their their record a little bit, obviously, because they need to face FTR because they are the number one contenders for those tag belts, but FTR is dodging them just like they're dodging the Young Bucks. Um, what'd you have on this? Yeah, man, I think Best Friends is so close to like taking that next step. I mean, we talk about like tag team hierarchy, and you talk about like the United States mainstream. You know, the obvious teams come to mind: your your Dudleys, your Hardys, your Edge and Christians. Um, obviously your young bucks in the more contemporary space, um, new day, obviously has been there for a long time. I think best friends is like just this close to like being, being a team that people are going to remember for a long time. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they keep them together though. Um, they look good. I think they look like a solid tag team. This match was nothing special. Um, you know, nothing we haven't seen in a best friends match. Um, I always love Mbadu. It reminds me of Mbaku, uh, which I obviously love Black Panther. So whenever I hear Mbadu, I think of uh, old uh, Mr. Bozeman, who uh, has passed away from us. Um, but him and Bishop King, like, you know, there's nothing special about them. We'll see if they get a chance to, like, really showcase their abilities. They got some offense in here, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, it was a pretty standard um, way to tell a match you know the nice the rallying you know the keeping the faces down the faces having to rally to uh get the upper hand and eventually take the win like you said with a strong zero on Mbadu. so best friends taking the win here um right from this match we move on to a video segment with brandon cutler uh pretty much where he's telling peter avalon that he brought this on himself um you know and that this is going to keep going until there's a clear winner, which I'm all for you. And, you know, we, we know that you and I love the Peter Avalon, um, Brandon Cutler thing. And, you know, we discussed something the other week where we talked about that. We wish it had had like dynamite airtime to really get some wind under the sails of this, um, feud. But you know what, the more I've thought about it, like since then, I'm like, I'm kind of glad that they're doing like, dark exclusive storylines it gives Mm -hmm. you a reason to kind of to kind of tune into dark week after week so i'm going to go ahead and recant what i said there i'm really happy that this is on dark um i would love to get more eyes on it but hopefully people are listening to us people you know are listening to other podcasts like our friends over and seeing the elite and they're talking about storylines like this um and hopefully it brings more eyes to the uh to the dark program because there's some cool things going on there but uh a really cool um video package there you know obviously demanding the rematch against peter avalon so um expect to see some more brandon cutler peter avalon soon um you kind of wonder is there going to be a clear-cut winner ever between this because like it's kind of gold i mean somebody's going to go into obscurity if they lose this feud you know what i'm saying i just think brandon cutler's got two contracts peter avalon to me would be the guy that i would put over i would have him win clean 
and I would have Brandon Cutler try to cheat and him lose because of it. Uh, I think there would be a so great storyline. Like, flipping, like, a, like, yeah. the, like the double turn almost. Yeah, like right, just like the last. Make this a blood feud too. So make another match where they both lose, and then we get this big all-out no disqualification match. That way they don't get the count out. They don't get uh, a double knockout, which I hope the next match is a double knockout. And like you said, I hope this stays on dark. But if you think about it, the buy-in is also on YouTube. So they could do the buy-in at full gear. You know, Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon, and and pay this off with a, a no disqualification match where they're just tables, chairs, thumbtacks, just go all out and have somebody win, uh, win clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe maybe Bates turns too. Who knows? I mean, who knows yeah. what the finished product of this? this the librarian. Like, I'm excited. She should be the um, only librarian. <laughs> they should have yeah. Peter Avalon go back to being. I think his name was Pretty Peter Avalon, and he had kind of like a gigolo gimmick. <laughs> I think that would yeah. be hysterical. <laughs> well, from there, man, uh, nice little video segment again, getting you excited about that program. We move on into, my opinion, the the best match thus far of dark we had uh jurassic express jungle boy and the always green monster dinosaur luchasaurus versus dark orders alan angels and press 10 vance or you might know them better as five and ten it was a really really great match man I, alan angels man looks like he belongs with everybody you gotta admit man we've we've sang his accolades in his singles uh singles matches obviously his coming out party and that kenny omega match um but he looks good here man he looks like he belongs with jurassic express hanging in there with luchasaurus at the beginning of this match um controlling early uh this match was nice and back and forth man um i'm going through this match and it's again it's a great match and i'm just i'm wanting the dark order boys to go over here i really really am i'm like watching this like man can can angels and Vance really pull this one out? Um, I didn't think it was going to happen, but I would really would have liked to see this happen. Uh, but definitely a match uh, worth going back and watching. Um, I mean, there was nothing that stood out as far as like crazy good moves. It's just like the tag team psychology was like really strong in this match. Just a really, really nice tag team match. Um, in the end, Luchasaurus plants 10 with the choke slam. Um, they hit Allen Angels with the Jurassic Express cutter, get the one, two, three. Jurassic Express picks up the win here. All the momentum that Dark Order had built up last week that we were talking about is gone. <laughs> Five and ten getting the loss here. What'd you have on this? Dude, uh, I said it last week, man. I'm, I'm over this Dark Order. Everybody's got a number gimmick. I want to go back to Evil Uno, Stu Grayson with the Creepers, and... Brody Lee having his own little faction that's not the Dark Order. Just have him have a group of guys kind of like Jericho does, only they have their own gimmick. Have, uh, you know, Silver and Reynolds just be the Beaver Boys. Have 5 and 10 be Preston Vance and Allen Angels because they're great wrestlers. I just would like to see a little bit more to, like, want to believe in them. Right now, there are these masks, nobodies, that it seems like we're not supposed to care about them. Like, they don't matter. Because, yeah. like, Evil Uno has a character into his mask and his gimmick. And he, like, 
he he's like one of those people that's made for that type of gimmick. If you just put people who've never been under a mat, like Silver and and Reynolds, when they're out out of the masks, you're like, oh fuck, I care about these dudes. When they put mm-hmm. their fucking little masks on, their little gimp looking masks, it's instantly I go, well, let's just let's get rid of these guys, job them out. Who cares? I don't I don't care if they lose because the baby faces on the other side or whoever is across the ring has character, has emotion. I can read their face. Mm. Uh, it, it, it They pull me in. So it, I want to see them lose. But I, I just feel like if maybe if they just had no masks, maybe if they were still part of the Dark Order, but more had more like uh, Stu and Evil Uno, give them their own little character spin instead of just minions is what they feel like. Yeah. They the, feel like the masks, putties. It's yeah, just, the masks seem relatively arbitrary at this point. It it, it kind of ruins it for me because I think Preston mm-hmm. Vance has a great physique. That spine buster is fucking incredible. Alan Angels with that frog splash. Are you kidding me? He was yeah. way the fuck up there. And I would and, care like we did versus Kenny Omega versus Ray yeah. Phoenix. No, you hit the nail on the head. And, you know, the crazy thing is that the announced team is, like, talking about these guys as individuals. We'll get into it more on Dynamite. But I remember the, the Dynamite match that Preston Vance is in. Like, they're talking about Preston Vance, like, and his physique and, like, how big he is and, like, how good he looks and stuff like that. So it's, oh, yeah. like, the announcers really aren't playing into this, like, faceless, like, nameless entity. You know, they're feeding into these these people are individuals with like personality and stuff, but like, that's not what the mask is supposed to portray. You know, there's a little bit of like non-continuity in the storyline there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, they're supposed to be nobodies. And I just don't, I don't know. I think they're worth more than that to this company, especially Preston Vance. He's got that big body style, but he can fucking mm-hmm. work. Um, and I, I think put them in a storyline. If you're going to make them a tag team, make them a, a good standoff tag team. You got like 12 billion people in the Dark Order. I mean, now what are they going to... We'll get into it because this match is coming up here in a little bit. But we went off the deep end. Match was good. Uh, Fucking Jungle Boy always impresses me every single time. Uh, Luchasaurus looking great. Obviously coming out with the win here. Uh, The next segment was Luther and Serpentico cutting a little promo. (sighs) Who cares? Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it. It's not that it's growing on me, but maybe this match with Jericho, maybe he pulls something out of Luther. Um, I think maybe he just needs a gimmick change. I think Luther just needs to repackage this gimmick, get some new gear, uh, stop screaming, uh, stop pointing at your fucking head every ten seconds. Like, do something different to make me want to invest time in you. You call yourself the original death dealer, the original guy that's into blood matches. Like, we've never seen it from you. You had this one-off with Jimmy Havoc, who's gone now. And who cares? You guys didn't even do a whole lot in that match. It was just a normal wrestling match. It doesn't make sense. Why Why are you the original death dealer? Like, nobody knows that. Nobody really cares. You're not skyrocketing like you guys thought that he was going to come back and everybody's going to be like, oh, who's that? Nobody even knew who he was, really. You know what I mean? Him with Serpentico, give him a different gimmick. Make Serpentico shine. Uh, you you, you got you to gotta get rid of this fucking I'm psychotic and it doesn't make sense. You're 
mic isn't on. My mic is not on, but it's on now. <laughs> yeah, their whole like tag team like doesn't make sense. To it me. doesn't. Like, they just again, I've been using the word today's word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is arbitrary. They just seem arbitrarily put together as if like, hey, we don't really have a plan for either of these two dudes. Mm-hmm. But it's like kind of like Joey other. and Sonny. Yeah. Yep, I'm not into I it. I said it. Sorry. You, uh, but... I, mean, I don't I, I I hear what you're saying, but I I couldn't even deal with like a gimmick change from Luther. I just don't get it. Like yeah. I, I think uh, maybe, maybe he it, needs maybe a mask. If they, did, <laughs> if they did fully commit to the death dealer, like maybe I would get it, but They've had those matches. They had that unsanctioned match between our lights out match, whatever the hell they called it between uh, Moxley and Omega. And then they had that, that crazy match between Moxley and Janela. But like, yeah, that was unsanctioned man. too. Yeah. Both. But dude, Moxley has been in like way fucking crazier matches mm-hmm. than either of those matches. If you so go back Joey. and look at his fucking death match or his like CZW days, man, fucking crazy matches so yeah i think when you're on syndicated tell well i guess tnt is not syndicated but whenever you're on they're cable on dark television <laughs> maybe yeah they, don't, they, they don't, have to put a rating don't. on it for sure it's just hard to do it really it, i i will say to their credit it really is hard to do now mm-hmm. when they finally have blood and guts we'll see what happens but uh uh let's not get too caught in, <laughs> caught in the weeds on this one i think oh, uh, yeah. i think the next match you wanted to talk about was that sean dean Sean Dean tag match, right? Oh, yeah. The Gun Club versus the captain, Sean Dean. And uh, Cesar Bonani? Bonani? Bonani. (laughs) Bonani? I don't Bononi. Monsieur Bononi. Dude is huge, though. And he actually knew what he was doing. Like, he he really did. Uh, But the captain, man, he has got to get on this team somehow. He's That's got saying, he's man. got it. He's got it going on. But Austin Gunn. Why Gun, did they pick Serpentico to go in with Luther to get some wins here? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with Sean Dean? Yeah. That wouldn't I mean, that wouldn't be bad. I'm just saying in general, like again, I was just talking about that tag team like seeming like they were arbitrarily put together. Like, yeah, like why, why? to go on the team with Luther that like is picking up weird random he's wins, you know? Tiny. <laughs> he's another i mean he's not as little as marco stunt per se but Mm -hmm. he's another one of those guys like uh that he needs a big dude to play off of luther is not a big dude luther isn't hossing people around or you know being the heater uh whatsoever so i don't know uh but this match i mean Mm -hmm. it it austin gunn kind of got a you know a little bit more of the limelight but I don't know why he's not closing these things out. We had the Famouser for the win again. Again. It was – I dude, you need to get that quick draw out more. That quick draw is, is fucking why the fuck awesome. Not? It's so good. It's that hip toss cutter. It's awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, go YouTube it. Uh, right. Just click on another window and it put it in there. <laughs> Watch that, that freaking uh, – finisher it's so innovative i've never seen it before and and we watch a fuck ton of wrestling you know we would have seen it somewhere so it was actually a decent match if you actually watch it it's actually a decent match uh would you have on this yeah man sean dean like i'm glad they picked this big ass dude to like tag with him because like 
Billy Billy Gunn's a huge fucking dude. I mean, oh, yeah. there was a small guy with Sean Dean. It's like, what's the point of this match? Um, I am happy Austin Gunn got a lot of offense in here. Um, this Cesar guy looked awesome too. Um, you're right. He looked like he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he'll turn out like another Will Hobbs where we just have like, you know, another big guy that's like you can't ignore. You know? We're going to have a whole um, division <laughs> instead yeah. of singles division. Yeah, you're going to have to. Dude, yeah, why go with the light heavyweight division? Why don't you go with, like, the super heavyweight division? Why not? It'd be fun. It'd be different. Oh, man. I, I, you know what? I was gonna, I was going to want to debut a new segment at some point I wanted to talk to you about, but it's, like, hot takes, AEW hot takes. And mine was, like, they need to have a light heavyweight division and have another belt to be fighting for. Um, but we can get into that later. This match was, was fun. Again, like you said, you hit the notes. Austin Gunn looked good here. Let's get him a damn win. Like, why is old-ass Billy Gunn taking up the W for his team? It just doesn't make sense. The dude's not fucking fighting for a title ever. The dude's not, like, fighting for relevance. Like, he's there to, like, teach the young people. And it's like, I just, it just seems like wasted opportunity. You and I have been talking about this. Like, this is obviously a nepotism move. I mean, the fucking gun club. Like, a father and son fighting together. Like, you know why not why do i i would be even happier if billy gunn beat the shit out of everybody and then tagged austin in to get the win like i think that'd be great heel storyline stuff so it's like what are we doing here folks like we're not even writing austin gunn as like a good baby face (laughs) at this point like he's just tagging along for his old ass dad to pick up the win you know so um but we've talked about that in weeks past. Everyone knows how we feel feel about that let's move on Um, to this nightmare uh family promo yeah it was the natural nightmares but uh when brandy's there i know she's part of the natural nightmares but it's like it's like the whole family thing they kind of cut a promo on a couple different people they cut one on anna jay uh talking about cole cabana um just kind of uh kind of hit the nail on the head though i like how she's got the queen uh queen brandy on her jacket now that's pretty uh pretty legit god brandy's so um, <laughs> uh, nice little promo. What'd you have on this? Uh, not much. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> what Brandy's hot? Brandy's hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. From there, we moved on it. Uh, Tate Conti versus Red Velvet. Um, this was a nice little match. I like Red Velvet. We've talked about her in weeks past. Mm-hmm. She looks good. What I will say is, everyone wants to shit on WWE, and rightfully so. They have a terrible product. But one thing I can say is take Conti uh, picking up the win here. Um, she hits this awesome choke submission. It was a, it was a, it was an okay match. I mean, there's nothing special about yeah, it. Nothing great. What I will say is that it's very obvious, like for WWE, like in that training, like in that uh, performance center that they call it, like they're giving these wrestlers like tons of in-ring time. I mean, just tons of in-ring time. And it really shows like, I would I would venture to say that someone in Tay Conti has a, t- a ton more hours in the ring than Red Velvet. So, oh yeah, uh, it, it definitely it definitely showed in this match. I think they're both probably similarly experienced, but like that difference, like even though she spent like a little bit of time, like all that's valuable time. Like I said, picks up the win here with the choke submission. Did you have much more on this one? Uh, no, just with uh, you know Anna J kind of kicking down on Red Velvet. And then uh, Brandy coming in to take the save. Uh, this might be a, a tag match coming up soon. We haven't seen Allie, though. I, uh, what's going on with Allie? Is she going to pop back up as, as the bunny? Who knows? Um, 
but as of right now, I'm expecting to see Red Velvet and Brandy versus Anna Jay and Tay Conti, but she actually looked kind of pissed off that uh, Anna Jay was, you know, doing her little heel moves and uh, uh, mm-hmm. kind of fucking up her match there. But yeah, no, nothing else for me on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> next match was Griff uh, Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, versus Luther and Serpentico. Uh, why did not? Like, why didn't they just beat these guys and get it and send them packing? It would have been great. Uh, the mullet or the the new Hollywood blondes, as they're calling themselves, basically Luther and Serpentico with this double team for the win. Uh, don't know what it's called. Don't really care. I it just I don't know. Maybe Serpentico by himself would be fun. I like the streamers, uh, but Luther he just makes me tune out instantly. I'm telling you, it's a gimmick change. He needs a gimmick change. Let me give him one more shot, but a full turn. Full turn. He can still be a heel, but wear different shit, wear different face paint, uh, all that nonsense. Um, do you got anything on this? Do you see how distraught I am about this? <laughs> so distraught that Brian Pillman has taken the pin here. Like. Look, the guy comes in, says he wants to start from the bottom. I don't even think he imagined this. Like <laughs> taking the loss of fucking chaos project here, man. Like that's what, what they're doing? called. This guy's chaos project. Chaos project. Yeah. I mean, Brian Pillman, we got the warrior wrestling champion here, man. Have some respect. Have some damn respect. <laughs> I mean, look, it's the, if your whole intention is getting chaos project to win, fine fucking sean dean against him because you clearly hate don sean dean too we gotta get we gotta get these blonde boys these new hollywood blondes as you're calling them the win here we gotta get brian pillman a win on singles competition here like i'm just not i'm just not getting these booking decisions i don't know there's probably more behind it that i don't understand um and maybe my personal bias brian pillman's a a, uh tri-state area boy like us Um, from cincinnati ohio yeah, I think he's from Northern Kentucky for real, but like no one gives a shit about Northern Kentucky. But I'm sure he's super proud of it. So Brian, if you're listening, Northern Kentucky's great. Um, Chaos Project <laughs> getting the win with that backdrop move, um, that Serpentico hit. So from there we had uh, Nyla Rose versus uh, Rache Chanel. Is that what they're? Is that how you pronounce it there? Yeah, Rache you got a, you got that one down, man. Yeah, man. Hey, look, weeks of practice on that one. Um, this was a glorified squash match. Um, yeah, Nyla I... Rose uh, just <laughs> ate essentially Rache Chanel for lunch. So um, catching that's her. how that match ended. Nyla Rose eats Rache Chanel for the win. Yeah, with the catching her off that springboard into a fucking yeah. beast bomb from hell. She yeah. smashed her. Um, we'll get into a little bit of more Nyla Rose stuff later, uh, but. This was the yeah, I don't they it was feeding time. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh after this we actually had the natural nightmares versus Colt Cabana and uh John Silver. Uh three? Four? What number is he? Three? See, I don't like, know. The like Beaver who? Boys, I don't know which one's three and which one's four. I have no yeah, idea. <laughs> um dude, John Silver I just think he looks like Stu Grayson. Maybe it's just the beard, but 
He looks tiny. Did you see him compared to Dustin Rhodes? Well, Dustin Rhodes is a lot bigger than people fucking think. That he's like, like six, six five. I think he's super tall. I think he's six five. I think because I think Cody's like six four, right? Yo, I'm under six foot tall, so those dudes look tall to me. <laughs> oh, I'm six two, so they're only just I know a, you just are. a little bit taller. I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> but yeah, John Silver actually looks great, man. He's a little hoss. He's uh he's what the Wolverine would actually look like uh in the in the in, if you put him to scale, Wolverine's this short, stocky, uh bit mm-hmm. of fucking rage. So he could play Wolverine. Uh, anyways. Diamond cutter for the win. This is actually a really good match. Dustin Rhodes is a fucking killing machine. Still uh, great matches out of him. QT Marshall pulling out this dad bod style, making it look great. I love that he has uh, been gifted the diamond cutter from Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, it's a great move. You can pull it out of anywhere. Um, good little main event match uh, to end dark. That was cool. I thought the other Dark Order match was better, so it's kind of frustrating that that went on earlier in the show and you had to compete with that one because we both know Alan Angels is great. But let's let's talk about these wrestlers at hand. Um, yeah, good match. Uh, Dustin being the ring general as usual um, at this point in his career, like he can just call a match really well. I'll be at a singles mm-hmm. match, tag match. Like the guy is just the guy is just a fucking vet, like through and through. So um, he looked good here. I thought. Uh, Cutie Marshall looked good. Like you said, Silver looked good. Colt Cabana looked good. Everybody looked good. You talk about that diamond cutter. It's eerily similar to the RKO out of nowhere. So we're going to have to start the diamond cutter out of nowhere. <laughs> is he going to rename it? Do you think he's just going to keep it the diamond cutter? Oh, yeah. Ode to yeah. Diamond Dallas Page. Ode to, Ode to DDP. That makes sense. So. Oh, yeah. I was. Uh, uh, and I finally got the uh, uh, WCW NWO uh, ROM to work. So I was diamond cutter in the fuck out of people. <laughs> it's so much Dude, fun. That's a classic. That's a nice N64 game. It wasn't quite obviously on No Mercy's level, but uh, definitely a very cool game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of cool N64 games. But uh, yeah, like you said, um, diamond cutter for the win on silver. Uh, we'll see what happens with this Colt Cabana thing. I mean, I think we need to explore that more. I think their AEW thus far has been relatively non-committal to his his role or non-role if you will in dark order and i just think we need to see start seeing some payoff of that Brody lee has very clearly been stuck with cody Rhodes, so i'd like to see some more on the colt cabana front though it is kind of cool i will say and i am rambling here but it is cool that evil uno has kind of taken the front and center role for dark order with that kind of colt cabana storyline um just involving more people in dark order i think makes them more interesting so yeah um that's what we have uh for this week on dark uh nice little uh you know appetizer to dynamite but before we get into dynamite as always on a weekly basis it's time the official homework of the week (laughs) all right ladies and gentlemen the official homework of the week i'm actually gonna let you go first man yeah man i have uh, one of my very few five-star matches, Shinsuke Nakamura, as you know him as, and Kota Ibushi from G1 Climax in 2013. It was Climax number 23. They put on a phenomenal singles match. Again, instant classic, five-star. Go watch. You can find it on NJPW's website. Again, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi at G1 Climax 23. So my homework for this week is actually... 
a pretty uh, pretty lost match, I, I feel like. It's an X Division match. Uh, it is AJ Styles. It is Petey Williams and Chris, Chris Sabin. Um, it's TNA match at uh, Final Resolution, one of their pay-per-views, January 2015. Uh, fucking great match. Uh, AJ Styles really put that X Division title like... He made that thing almost more relevant than their heavyweight champion, like their world title uh, in TNA. So, I mean, the dude's a legend. Uh, Basically, this whole Twitch thing with him got me, you know, looking at his his history and his career in TNA and, like, New Japan, the Bullet Club, all that stuff. So, that's my my homework. No, I mean he's he's done that with more than just the X division title. I mean he's done that with the sec the mid card quote unquote mid card belts in WWE. Mm-hmm. And it's made them like far more relevant than the world title has ever been. So at some point you obviously, you know, even the most casual of wrestling fan will realize like the X factor in that equation is AJ Styles. The dude is just frankly one of the best there has ever been to lace up the boots and as Jeff was saying earlier, you owe us that match with Kenny Omega. <laughs> I know it's like the one match that he hasn't really done. So I think it would be. Uh, it's going to be at an all out. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I don't like, know, man. All out his, number three. His contract with WWE is pretty fucking got, lengthy. I think it was like five more, more years. years. Three? Is it five? I, I think know. he just he resigned like last year for five more years, maybe. Something like that. While you're I'm at it, up this contract right now. just turn up your mic just a little bit. <laughs> um, but let's get into Dynamite. You need to hear more of the Zach, more of the uh, orange Zachity. Okay, that's a little. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I realized as we were going through those first few segments, like I kept turning my knob up more and more. I was like, we never audio tested before we started. Oh, yeah. I kept like trying to hand signal you like just a little bit. I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just tell him. I'm just going to tell him. <laughs> You're right. It was a, it was a five year contract last year, so he's got four years left. Yeah, see, that's a long fucking time. Unless he gets fired for doing this Twitch thing, I don't see him just getting out it. of that contract. He should just push it. Fuck it. What are they gonna do to him? They need him way more than he needs them. I don't know. Nobody is over this company. You know what I mean? I can't do a good Vince McMahon voice Although without I yelling. Although I will say, they <laughs> offered AJ the same thing that they offered Kenny was essentially like, "Hey, look, we're gonna leave a spot in the Royal Rumble open for you. Like, if you show up, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Not, we'll you know, do you." I don't know if you and I ever talked about that. Did you know that that happened with Kenny that the year that, you know, when AEW is being formed and like, he hadn't made his decision. Like, I think there was a, um, a, a being the elite episode that came out where he was like, can you believe that they actually thought there was a possibility I would come there? <laughs> but they essentially offered him that like open Royal rumble slot, at like number 28 or number 30 or something like that. It said like, look, you don't have to sign in the dotted line. If you fucking show up to this building, like you're in. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I know Cody. Uh, yeah. Every year that the Royal Rumble comes around, he's always asking the Bucks and like all the people in the back, "What number are you? What number are you? Just tell me." <laughs> <laughs> he's always thinking people are gonna same, pop up. They offer the same thing to the Bucks, but I'm saying they offer that to AJ. They know that he's the fucking. He's oh, the only like legit, re- real legit wrestler they have. They offered the fucking moon to the Bucks. They offered them a lot. 
the Bucks turned down a lot of shit. I, I think they didn't realize how big they, they were going to get. Uh, so it's a good thing that they betted on themselves because, I mean, dude, they're they're still making buku bucks even in COVID era. Uh, but let's yeah. get into Dynamite, man. I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, this one started off Ricky Starks coming out with that body bag, that uh, $500 body bag. <laughs> that was a $500 art piece, I guess. Um, and then we had a little promo from Darby Allen, you know, his his normal shtick, black and white. Uh, I'm brooding, I'm dark, I'm emo. Uh, and <laughs> this match was fucking awesome. This was amazing. Ricky Starks looked fantastic. Darby Allen, great as always. Uh, you know, comes in, Darby comes in hot. Very technical at the beginning. Really working on that fucking arm of Ricky Starks. Uh, the fucking spear that Ricky Starks, it, it was a, like... It was catching midair, just boom, slamming him to the ground was great. Uh, that suplex on the fucking apron looked like it hurt. Um, the fucking huge dive from Darby. Darby Allen has the best dives in all of pro wrestling. He just tucks his shoulder and flies like a bullet into people. He doesn't like reach out. I just slammed my mic. Reach out and like grab and get set down. You know how like you can tell when somebody's like, Oh, the guy caught him and blah, blah, blah. No, Darby fucking lunges at him with just his head down, his shoulder out, and he's barreling at you, and it looks vicious, man. It's so fucking good. If you guys aren't noticing that, just go back, watch this match again, and look for it because they're vicious. He does it every, almost every single time. A lot of the matches, he starts with that. He'll run straight out through like the corner of the ropes and dive out into people when they're like doing their doing their thing while he's uh you know getting up there and and showing off taunting the the crowd and and whatnot but other than that uh you know brian cage coming out with a little bit of a distraction uh you had will hobbs coming out saving the day uh taking him on so now we're gonna get will hobbs versus brian cage next week I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be good. Big man versus big man. Obviously, Brian Cage is probably going over here. Uh, oh, did you see the news? It's for the FTW Championship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, FTW Champion. So is this an AEW Championship now? Is this another I, title? They don't. Ha- they have not. It doesn't feel like they've committed to anything. It just, again, Taz kind of threw this in there. I, I, I think love this Taz is... being on commentary. But it is nice. We've talked about the FTW Championship needing to be uh, defended mm-hmm. on TV if it's supposed Definitely to Definitely like, needs to be anything. defended. I think it needs to be something that Brian Cage can take to independent shows and defend it to against random mm-hmm. people. I don't think it should be an AEW title because it, there's, too, there's too many singles titles. Let's fucking have a women's tag team before you bring out a third fucking singles men's title uh or a a trio's tag title or give us something else for a lot more people to to vouch for because it's like this single division is kind of the same guys fighting each other constantly it's kind it's starting to get there it's starting to where you know tag team wrestlers like evil uno are getting set up in matches with like hangman or you know they're breaking tag teams up to rest singles wrestle single match matches because it's like the same guys are I don't know 
we'll get into it a little bit later. That's a, that's a that's a WWE thing. They do that as well. I think you know it, it's it's an easy way to, for story continuity. But uh, this was a nice little way to to start off Dynamite, man. A great oh yeah, it was match to start off fucking Dynamite. awesome, dude. The yeah. springboard counter by Starks, uh, Big Spear, oh. and then you know hitting the coffin drop for the win uh, from Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. Fuck! Dude, I really the, wanted the, that. The Yoshi tonic was sweet, man. Oh yeah, dude! I just wish he, Ricky Starks hit that fucking avalanche Rochambeau and beat Darby Allen, and and made this a blood feud and made Darby Allen come back even hotter. Because uh, now, I, I, what do they do with Ricky Starks? He's been beating what yeah. twice now. No, oh, you're right, man. Ricky, I'm telling you, Ricky Starks looked fucking phenomenal here looked like a fucking star that dude oh, yeah. within five years has to be a cha- has to be the champion like yeah. he is so young and he's like got this tenacity and this like arrogance about him in the ring but he like follows through man like mm-hmm. he delivers he he's he's a great storyteller he, he's a great offensive mind he's a great seller and he's great on the mic like legit the whole package so it's a fire ass way to start off any dynamite i'll take this match any fucking dynamite any week so Hats off to these two for putting on a, a great match. I thought I thought Starks was going over. I was convinced Starks was going over on this match. You know, not I'm not saying from the start. I'm watching this thing go through. Like he had that sick ass spear in midair. I was like, oh, it's over, dude. It's over. Oh, yeah. and that like, was awesome. And like you, yeah, and like you said, like setting up for that avalanche Rochambeau. Like hell yeah, let's do that. But to no avail. Darby Allen getting the one with the coffin drop in this match. Which, um, dude, do you realize how weird it is that we're talking about Darby Allen and like almost sad about this match when normally yeah. before before Ricky Starks came around, we were like, yeah. "Fuck yeah, Darby Allen's the best!" Oh, and now it's Ricky Starks all the way, man. He he's one of them guys that just has it. He just brings you, he yeah, brings you in, dude. man. He has it. You said it right. He just has it. Like he's got everything there is. So um, cool to see Will Hobbs. We talked about him earlier in this episode. Like mm-hmm. you know, really uh, putting him over on Brian Cage here. Really setting him up as a threat. So we'll see how that match goes. Um, right after this match, the lights go out. We have some music hit, and it's none other than the American Nightmare, Cody. Don't call me Rhodes, Cody. Uh, the out Prince to do of a, Pro uh, Wrestling. That's right. He's coming out <laughs> to new nicknames all the time, man. The Prince of Pro Wrestling. Um, you know, he comes out to talk on Brody Lee. Dasha Gonzalez kind of, uh, is interviewing him in the ring. Um, cuts some really awesome promo. Do you have the audio for this? We never talked about this. So no. no audio. We are on um, YouTube now, sir. We do not play audio right. from <laughs> from the that's show. Right. I won't ask. I, I won't I, ask anymore. I um, just I don't want to get it, pulled you know, off. Maybe we can, and I just don't know the exact rules because we're basically just blowing, you know, AW at this point. Like, so it we don't really say much. anything bad about them. It's not like we're using their botches or anything no. like that. Like we're just pushing the product. So I don't know if it would happen. And but, we're not making money on it. So yeah, um, not yet. But yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> calling out al snow one of the legends of pro wrestling and his uh and his little interview um you know giving a really good promo i don't have written down exactly what he says i thought i he said remember the good old days <laughs> yeah when i can audio. just play him um, uh, i know he says no and he goes to walk yeah out. and that's the thing they ask him about the match like you said he says no 
And then he comes back. What does he say after that? He says, um, no, I will not. I don't know. Yeah. Something. It was he fucking said no, awesome. No, as in no regrets. No, as in no looking back. Yeah. So, dude. Um, effectively, Cody coming, being the prince of darkness, the prince of pro wrestling, the prince of everything, accepting valiantly like the baby face he is, the dog collar match with Brody Lee. Um, this, I got to tell you, man, this match seems tailor made for Brody Lee. I don't see how Cody comes out of this match on the other side. So, oh, no. Um, he, man. Cuts a, he cuts a, he cuts a great promo afterward that's going back to rewatch. Um, like not being interviewed, just cuts a nice little promo. This was Cody at his finest on the mic. You mm-hmm. like this thing, Jeff? Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, I, it actually made me go watch some do- some real dog collar matches, not the ones that WWE puts on. I watched Eddie Kingston versus uh, All Ego Ethan Page, and it was fucking bloody. Dude, they're wrapping the chain around their hand, fucking just smack. Eddie Kingston, just he's uh, reading uh, like Bible verses as he's uh, smashing open All Ego Ethan Page's uh, face uh in the middle of the ring it was fucking awesome i didn't know that they had a dog collar around their neck the entire time for some reason in my mind i don't know why a dog collar match was uh like they they put the dog collar on the opponent and that's how they win i don't know why i thought that's what it was that's not it at all your mic is completely off. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, they're attached to each other by the fucking collars around their neck and the chain. <laughs> yeah, my mic's off. So what of it? Doing this, thing <laughs> this episode live. is gonna be great. <laughs> uh, but Cody cutting this killer fucking promo. Uh, next, we had FTR uh, cutting a you know starting to cut a promo, and the Bucks come in and super kick Tony Schiavone. Like what? I just out of nowhere. Um, and then, you know, SCU uh, promo with uh, Spears saying good luck uh, as they walk into the ring to go uh, face FTR for this uh, 20 minutes of greatness, brush of greatness. Is that what they're calling it? It's basically like their yeah. open challenge for 20 minutes, going as hard as they can in this, uh, you know, humidity and heat in Florida in a tag match. So what'd you have on all this before we bounce right into this fucking match? FTR being FTR. Good little promo. The Sean Spears segment at the end is the meat of this. Like, let's get on with it already, boys. Let's, I love this storyline, but they are dragging it, aren't they? Yeah, they're really dragging it. But FTR versus SCU. Um, yet again... Very, very technical. Just a solid pro wrestling match. Uh, you know, SEU looking great here. I think, I think the big FTR thing, man, is they look their they make their opponents look amazing. They really do. They really know how to sell. They know how to take bumps like true champs. Um, I really do like what they have going here. They, uh, you know, cheating to win here with that pin um, and. But it was a damn good match, man. It was just a, a solid pro wrestling match. They didn't have a whole lot of thrills. Um, obviously, Scorpio Sky looking fantastic. Kazarian, the unsung hero of uh, this match, in my opinion, he 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 needs more praise than he gets, man. He also needs just a little bit of a gimmick change too, like Scorpio Sky was getting, and you know, new entrance music, a little bit different. 
gear and put him by himself because I would like to see him go against a lot of the singles division. Uh, I think it would be fantastic. What'd you have on yeah. this? This is a great match. I, I think AEW painted themselves into a corner with Scorpio Sky, like um, the Cody Brody Lee storyline for the TNT title, and the obvious like Moxley versus you know now convoluted story of like Lance Archer or like Eddie Kingston or MJF technically has like a claim at this like and what have you. So like the the world title picture is really you know full right now as well they kind of painted themselves in this corner with scorpio scott they never they never committed like to a single storyline on dynamite with him you know what i'm saying they gave mm-hmm. him some matches here and there but there was really no storyline they let they let him cut a promo like that one time where we like came in like yeah like scorpio sky give us more of that you know and he really hasn't so um ben carter <laughs> yeah the match with ben, ben carter, carter was amazing to too so and nonetheless, I mean, we'll we'll see here. I mean, is this the best use for him now? Does it give him more screen time? Like, yeah, I'd say, like, if they're not ready to commit to Scorpio's guy as far as, like, a meaningful storyline, like, might as well have him back in the tag team, I guess, at this point. So he looked great here. It was the most energized um, he's looked in a while. That Ben Carter match was awesome. You know, we sung the praises of that match last week. But, uh, S- or <laughs> Man, Kaz and Sky together really go together like peanut butter and jelly. Like they, they just yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah, this is a great match. This was like, you know, this was a good match to like put over both teams as like credible teams. So FTR, obviously, like you said, hitting the notes on this match, um, pulling the nefariousness uh, to steal a win here. So um, SCU having uh, every bit of claim right now to get another shot. Um best friends being the number one contender we have a nice little uh, tag team mix right here young bucks obviously always in the picture but there was a really cool part uh after this match where uh it gets announced that there's going to be an eight-man tournament single elimination with the finals being at full gear um you know hangman is on uh is on the broadcast um table right now and they they essentially announced the first three participants as jungle boy um uh, Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix and they essentially just ask him you know what he feels about it and he's essentially pieces out like oh, yep. he, I, you know it's hard to be like okay I'm pissed that Kenny Omega's in this as a singles competitor because you know we're just like are you still delusional about this tag team getting back together while Kenny's saying like we're going to be singles competitors or whatever the case is or is he like I got to get in this tournament you know we'll see what his intentions are here do you have anything on this I hope it's hangman versus Kenny Omega at full gear just you, pay it you off, really dude. Think, do you want to rush it? You really want to pay it off that quickly? Well, then that'll give all the reason for one of them. So maybe one of them gets e- eliminated in the singles tournament. Maybe they he maybe Kenny Omega eliminates him before he go into the finals, like that soon. And Hangman's Look, pissed off, and literally yeah. comes in in the middle of the full gear match, and just buckshots the fuck out of Kenny. Uh, you know, we get the full Kenny Omega, like, oh, okay, you you want this? I'll give it to you like I gave it to Pac. That sounded bad. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> then they can have their Iron Man match or their, you know, their blood it feud. It should be. It shouldn't just be a singles match. No, it needs to be like a best of seven, man. They really deserve yeah. it. Uh, they're both fierce fucking competitors. They're two of the best that AEW has. 
and we want to see the cleaner, man. He's already registered as the cleaner. Give us the cleaner. I hope they they come in with his music, you know, in the beginning. Dun, 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 and then break right into his old New Japan music. Uh, I think that would be fucking amazing. Dun, 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 dun. It's so good. Um, let's move on to this next match because this was hard. This was hard to watch, man. Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy, uh, part of Pride of yep. Party. What the fuck were they doing here, man? What? Why? Why this match? It got so much time. I don't understand. Isaiah Cassidy didn't cut a good promo. I wasn't invested. You know, and you still had Chris Jericho going over here, so it didn't do anything. I literally wrote down, don't care, Chris Jericho wins. I don't even know what the finish was. I didn't really watch. <laughs> like I just tuned out. I just, I like watching Jericho, but if private party aren't together in a tag match, they don't do a lot for me because I, out of all of them, Isaiah Cassidy is normally the sloppy one. My, yeah. I mean, my biggest, my biggest problem with this was it really seemed like they were trying to force Isaiah Cassidy down our throats in this match. Like, mm-hmm. They're trying to be like, look, Jericho's a star maker. We've watched people like, you know, Orange Cassidy obviously comes to mind. Um, you know, his match with Scorpio Sky. Like, he's had some, like, matches with people who have, like, definitely, like, put them over and made them stars, essentially. And it felt like they were trying to force that on us in this match. Isaiah Cassidy did not seem ready for this moment. He got some offense in. And he's getting this offense in that, like, someone like myself and you i'd say especially myself who's like really familiar with like mainstream jericho i don't really know obviously much of like pre-mainstream jericho pre-wcw jericho but i know a lot of like you know the past 20 years or so of jericho like it was not believable at all like isaiah cassidy's performance against him the finish actually is a springboard um you know off the ropes and jericho hits a judas effect for the one two three um again to me <laughs> really had no idea <laughs> I, dude i i just didn't believe it and my that was my problem like the concept may or may not have been good in this match but like realistically like i said it just felt like isaiah cassidy was being like shoved down our throats it's like hey you need to care about this guy like he's a good wrestler like okay i didn't really come out of this match like feeling that way well know? and if he wouldn't have just used he he carbon copied scorpio sky's promo when he got a shot with Jericho, literally mm. the end was, you know, uh, I'm going to make you. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah, like my lay bitch. And then he calls him my lay champion bitch. It just fucking, it literally, you. I mean, if you're going to cut a promo on Jericho, just fucking make sure you know that somebody hasn't already said what you just said. Like, it's just, it's, I mean, I know. Scorpio looked ready for the moment. This yes. guy did not. Isaiah Cat, it's it, it like it was almost like a scared kid grabbing the microphone for. I mean, they really haven't had a lot of promo time. They've only done the, like the tape backs segments, mm-hmm. but fucking practice in the mirror, something. This is your big, your big time to be have a singles match with Chris mm-hmm. fucking Jericho, mm-hmm. and you couldn't get people to fucking invest at all. Because mm-hmm. I like both of these teams. I like Private Party. I, I'm into their fucking it intro music i like gin and juice i i like what they got going on but i don't know 
It's crazy. No. Hopefully celebrating I mean, 30 years of Chris Jericho next week will get me out of this funk on this Chris Jericho yeah. match. Hey, do you want to tell our listeners what we have planned for next week? Speaking of which. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we, uh, for in honor of the 30-year uh, celebration of the one and only Chris Jericho, we will each be debuting uh, and presenting our top five Chris Jericho match lists. So, um be on the lookout for that next week. We're thinking about running a little competition. If you listen to the episode and you can tweet at us, um, each of our individual top five lists, uh, we will uh, go ahead and gift you one of these awesome 100% elite podcast shirts. It will not be orange like this one. This was special edition for your boy, freshly squeezed orange Zachary. <laughs> You're fucking ridiculous. Amen. Uh, but yeah, yeah just... I, am what, I am what I am. We got to make sure we come up with different lists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, one. man. Um, so what do you think of this next little like arcade segment with uh, with Miro and Kip Sabian? What do you like? Would you like this thing? It was kind of weird. It was a little disjointed. They had uh, the fucking record holder. What is that guy's name? I don't know that dude's name. Like he came on and I was like, I don't fucking know who this guy He's is. He's got the record in either Pac-Man or. Yeah. Some other game, I forget. Or maybe it's Donkey Kong. They call him Billy Mitchell. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's the record holder in some arcades or a lot of arcade games. He's he's an old school guy. Anyways, um, I mean, it it's doing what it, it's supposed to do. I thought we would have gotten more matches out of them, a wedding, something. Like, just get it done and over with. Let's get Miro on this singles run. Um you know, I've listened to a couple podcasts with him lately. He's got me more invested in him, but his ring work has not. I mean, do something. I wonder if he really got hurt, got a little, uh, you know, his leg kind of fucked up from that match with Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. So maybe maybe a week or two off TV, because I don't think he's scheduled for a match next week either. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he's on dark squashing some fucking enhancement talent, but... Uh, we'll see what happens. What'd you have on this? Did you like it? No, I mean, like I said, it was weird and disjointed. Um, I think if you're not familiar and I'm not, a, I'm not a Twitch Twitch person. I know that you're on Twitch and you like to, I know you stream on Twitch and you watch other people on Twitch. It's not my thing. So I think for those who are like not familiar with like that side of Kip Sabian or that side of, uh, Miro, mm -hmm. um, I think that this storyline can get somewhat lost. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like their bond is very clearly over video games. Um, and, and, you know, like the, again, the Twitch community and what have you. So again, I'm lost on this one. I'm like you, I want to see Miro in the ring. Like he's an ass kicker, you know, long before he was with AEW, even when I thought he was going to be with impact, I was singing his praises and saying like, look, whoever gets him is going to get like some like seriously untapped potential. So, it's time for him to get in the ring and show us that untapped potential that I was talking about. So, so um, did you notice that uh, Jr. called his move the WWE name? Uh, the which one? The Machka? Yeah. The Machka lock or the Machka kick? The the lock, I think. Maybe the kick too, but they they probably got in trouble for that. <laughs> Saying it on fucking air. Uh, whoops. Um, Who knows? After this, we had best friends and FTR, a uh, little promo segment talking about, uh, you know, the FTR being top guys. 
Uh, we don't want to know who they're who they're topping and who's bottoming. Um, hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> but Orange Cassidy calling them wieners was the highlight here. <laughs> Weenies. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> what do you have on this little segment before we get into this next match? No, I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny, but uh not nothing more than what you said. Obviously, FTR is good at the comedy stuff. They're good at the serious stuff. You have to be good at the comedy stuff if you're going to be heels like mm-hmm. FTR. You know, they're not guys that are like big and brooding. Like relatively speaking, they're kind of small dudes. So uh, it makes sense that instead of like talking shit like, "Oh, we're all big and bad, and we're just going to beat the fuck out of everybody who comes in here," like we're going to use like our our brain and our brawn like to be the champion. So. Uh, from here, we moved on into uh, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, as always, accompanied by his friends Chucky and Trent, uh, taking on Preston Vance, or you might know him better as Ten. We had a slew of Dark Order guys out with him. I think we had uh, Alan Angels out there, Boom Boom was out there, John Silver was out there, um, all kind of taking part in this match. This match didn't really do anything for me. It didn't. It went about as expected, you know, Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy obviously going over here. This is the match I was alluding to earlier in the episode where the announced team like really talks about Preston Vance as like an individual, like somebody that has like physique that has like power and they call him Preston Vance and this, that, and the other. And it's like, how does that fit into this like mask, like non-individual narrative that the Dark Order is wanting to like put forward? So, and that's what I was talking about. We want to see like continuity between the thing. It's like, when they're not in the wrestling ring, like they allow them to have a personality, which doesn't make really any sense to me. It's like go all one way or all the other way, you know, not this half and half thing. So um, Orange Cassidy doesn't look particularly great in this match. Um, 10 actually gets a lot of offense early on in this match. Um, Orange Cassidy, you know, hitting that standard, you know, swinging DDT, uh, hits that orange punch. Um, and he hits that, what is he calling that? Like, flip stunner thing i think the beach break or something like that it's in the beach break for the win uh in this match it's like that flipping stunner you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah 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 um, so orange cassidy going over here again this is not my favorite orange cassidy match um what do you have on this yeah get get the fucking dude out of the mask put him in his preston vance gear give him some cool shit Give his character a little bit something to invest in. This mask, we shouldn't care about you because you're just a number. Just it makes these matches mean nothing to me on a mm-hmm. on a fucking dynamite. Yeah, which they're supposed yeah. to Dark- mean everything. And look, Dark Order's lost three matches in a row this week. Now at this point, yeah. Right? So, well, you yeah. Who knows where, uh, dude? I hope Cody beats him. I really do. Like I. I like Brody Lee, but I like him being, uh, he doesn't even need a title. Cody Rhodes needs to have that title. I'm just a little biased. Sorry, guys. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I Conceivably, the next the next champion is going to be heel for the AEW world title. Um, and if Cody is actually going to join the Four Horsemen, he's obviously going to be heel. So I don't think you're going to have, you know, Heel tag champs, heel AEW world champs, heel TNT champs. It just seems that'd be great. The whole, I but I (laughs) I think full gear. I think at full gear, Bucks are either gonna face FTR or they're gonna take the titles. I don't know why. I can just feel that storyline a Bruin 
or because I I don't think it happens that quickly. I think you're gonna see it at like all out next year or like Revolution or something like that. You think FTR is gonna have the titles for that fucking long? I do. I really do. I don't think they're. I don't know, man. Let's just get into this. I was just contemplating earlier when we in this episode. I was contemplating. You know, Nyla Rose, I guess you would kind of call her like the only transitional. She's the shortest reigning champion in AEW, I believe. Um, I was always wondering, like, at what point do you think they put a transitional champion, like men's singles champion in? I, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, I, like, I don't think Moxley they do or... that with the world title at all. I think that's the difference. Nope. I think it's literally going to be long reign after long reign after long reign. This thing's but supposed it, it, to be it, it, the top it, of the it, top. It really, like, the predictability becomes. I don't think. I think they're going to want to do that at times, though. They're going to want to say, like, look, this is unpredictable. Like, you don't want to assume, like, okay, here's a champion, and this dude's about to, like, dominate the championship title for the next six to nine months every time. I, I just don't think they're going to do somebody like. Uh, well, he he won it at this pay per view, and then the next Dynamite episode, he loses it. I don't think no, that, but that's I'm not what I mean. Like, maybe like four weeks later, like he's a champion for like a month. Yeah, or two or three. I get what you're saying. That would be I'm more just, feasible. I thought you meant like an actual like. Um, let's just have you lose next Wednesday. <laughs> no, I just I I do think Kenny Omega's. We'll see what happens. I do think Kenny Omega is going to be the first AEW guy to win the belt, but I'm just trying to figure out how they get it off Moxley. If it's have Kenny beat him, happens, you know. Yeah, have him beat him in an unsanctioned or not an unsanctioned, uh, uh, a sanctioned lights out match. They never had a sanctioned match. This would be their first. They didn't have a normal. Oh, they were in a tag match. They were a tag match. Never one on one match though. Yeah, who who did they wrestle in that? They it was Pac. In Moxley versus Kenny Omega and Paige, is that the first time that they tagged together? I'm not sure. I have to look that up. Yeah, I think that's what the 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 tag teams were. Mm. Huh. Uh. Anyways, let's move right into this MJF and promo with uh, Chris Jericho. So MJF coming into the inner circle locker room, giving them all jackets besides uh, Sammy Guevara, <laughs> and. <laughs> Him basically, that was, that was great comedy, man. Oh, yeah. This was a good segment. Uh, do you want to join the inner circle? Do you want me to join the inner circle? No. Do you want to join the inner circle? No. Do you want me to join the inner circle? Uh, bringing this back. Uh, very funny spot. Now you think, is, is this going to end with a uh, new stable being formed or a match coming out of this? Uh, which I'm going with the latter and thinking that it's going towards a match. Chris Jericho versus MJF. Uh, I think they're going to do a tag, though. I think it's going to be Wardlow, MJF versus Hager and Jericho. Just a, uh, you know, just an exhibition match, really, to maybe pad the record for Jericho. Because I I think Jericho and Hager want to actually be a tag team uh, at this point. I could see it going either way, and I know that's mm-hmm. like uh, the worst answer. <laughs> yeah, that was one way. It's literally like, like I, I could uh, give you both answers. <laughs> I don't want to commit to anything, but realistically, like, I think in a perfect world, I would this would end with Max joining the inner circle. I think that's far more of an interesting storyline. Like, 
has legs for a lot longer than like a quick one-off tag match. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what about Wardlow? Was he just joined too? That's why I think I think it could be easy for Wardlow to break off then and like wrestle for his AEW contract or something like that. You know, like MJF is like the dastardly heel that says, "I'll tell you what, if you can beat Jake Hager, you can." Be granted your release and sign with AEW or something like that. I see Wardlow turning. I could see Wardlow turning face and Max joining the inner circle because the inner circle doesn't need two bodyguards. They don't have a use for Hager and Wardlow. But they also. Um, but don't, that's just me. They don't need two mouthpieces either. What is MJF look, not going to talk now look, without look, Jericho? Look, we all know that when COVID ends, like Jericho's going on the road with Fozzie as soon as he can. That dude is itching to get out with Fozzie. And being a WWE never, lifer, like, listen, He, dude, he never listen. misses shows, though. It's listen, one day in the listen, middle of the week. Listen, listen. I have been watching WWE for so many years, and I know the Jericho exit. And it's going to happen. It's why he dropped the belt to Moxley, because he was Fozzie was going to be starting a tour. It was, like, totally worked out with his schedule. So my point being is, like. We'll see. I, we'll listen, see. Inner Circle is going to need a mouthpiece because Inner Circle doesn't exist at the moment without Jericho. But to me, like, you don't break that up. It seems dumb to break that up at this point. I don't know. Maybe Max takes over the Inner Circle. We'll see what the storyline is because a quick one-off match, like, totally wastes, like, the time that they've given it. They're not going to just do a tag match. You know what I'm saying? And there's no, they're not going to waste and do a singles match because, like you said, Jericho and Hager have said that they are focusing on tags. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Uh, but I, I like it. I like it. I like their interactions every week. This is actually for these guys, like only having done like segments, you know, backstage and not having wrestled. Like I'm totally fucking bought into whatever they've got going on in this storyline. So uh, that's really good. Next, we had Dr. Britt Baker with the always present Reba, Reba, Rebel versus Red Velvet. Red Velvet <laughs> wrestled also last night. Or the night prior, rather, on Dark. Um, dude, I got to tell you, Britt, this is the best I've ever seen Britt Baker look. Like, she looked like a fucking, like, star. Like She looked I'm like saying, a like, real true heel, man. For real. Yes, dude. And she looked good in the ring. Like, mm-hmm. she did not look that comfortable, like, pre-injury. Like, she, she looked a little awkward in the ring. But I am telling you, like, she looks better than prior to her injury. You can tell, like, she definitely, like like toned up, like worked at her craft and, and she just looked damn good here, man. She wrestled a great match. Red velvet looked good here also, but Baker just, just looking like a G there was, it comes a point at the end of the match where it looks like she's trying to hit a curb stomp. We had kind of mentioned <laughs> yeah. that earlier and like, just does this like weird kick. Um, it's like the only you know, fail in this match really, which is yeah, saying a lot. Yeah. She just gets like, they, her like heel, like, uh, into her head and gets the win on that, which is weird. Again, I, I was like, I couldn't tell if it was like a missed curb stomp or what. It was like realistically the only strike against an otherwise like awesome showing from Britt Baker. Yeah, it's it was just, really good. Opinion, I really like, enjoyed this. Yeah, this is my the best match singles match I've seen her wrestle in AEW. So hats off to her. They're clearly trying to build her and they're trying to build the main event scene of the women's division. After the match, she you know puts the glove on and uh, hits that lock jaw. Uh, clearly sending a message to the rest of the women's division that she's back. And uh, I believe it. What'd you have on this? Uh, Yeah. I mean, that was pretty much it. Um, So was this when the brawl started? 
Is this is this that match? When did Which that bra? happen? Are you talking like, about the brawl between um, Cody and uh, Brody Lee? Oh yeah, because that turned into. Uh, we didn't even cover that spot. That's what I was thinking. Like, when are we going to cover the spot where Nyla Rose beats the shit out of Kylan King for no reason? Yeah. <laughs> Just pulls her hair and starts beating her up. I'm like, no, please don't do it to Kylan King. Um, I guess we missed it. Uh, anyways, the lockjaw after was a really cool touch. Uh, yeah, the curb stomp was the only low part. Uh, her match with Karushita, it to me was her best match. I think that's by far the best I've ever seen her, but the confidence that she had in the ring this time was, uh, it's like she needed, needed to be in there. She needed to prove her to herself more than anybody else that she can still do it after her injury. So more power to her. Uh, then we roll right into Eddie Kingston's promo. Um, Mox comes out with talk about the bra. I thought you were going to want to talk about the bra, dude. The bra happened. Talk about it. The brawl happened like up all the hey way man, back we're here. Doing it, we're doing it live. You can't not talk about the brawl. <laughs> well, yeah, we talked about Cody's promo, and then I think we got into FTR or something like that. How? Yeah. How did we? But it was a great brawl, and you know what? The crazy thing is, I had a note on that brawl. It's like I wanted to comment. I love that fucking suit that Brody Lee wears. It's such a cool suit. Yeah, I, I think uh, Cody Rhodes is looking like a damn vampire now. Coming out, his suit looks dope looks too. Like, it looks like Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but like the black hair Spike. Your mom is a huge Buffy the Vampire hey, Slayer. Hey, man, don't talk about my mom like that. <laughs> yes, she is, by the way. I Don't ask me how I know that. I just do. Dude, that, that's crazy that you remember that. But uh, yeah. She's was, into Spike, cool... right? Yeah, she loves <laughs> she loved her some Spike. She had that like life-size cutout. But, oh, uh, man, that's this was, funny. This was a cool brawl. I mean, if we've seen one brawl, we've You're seen like, them all. You're like, skip over this. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying, man. You won't let me move on. It's <laughs> like my worst nightmare, talking about my mom being obsessed with a vampire from a show when I was a kid, man. <laughs> hey, it was a good no, show. No, believe me, I know it. You're not telling me anything I don't know here, man. Oh, my God. But cool just bra, just man. just for a little background for the people listening and watching, <laughs> he grew up literally next door neighbor to me my entire life. We've lived next to each yeah. other our entire life, so uh, that's the only reason I know. Not some weird. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, the brawl was cool. Some shoot punches were thrown for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, the brawl that ensued outside was all the females. Uh, brawling and actually Vicky Guerrero shot it with her phone so you get to see a lot more action around the ring Anna Jay and Brandy uh, going at it a bunch of other girls going out uh, Nyla Rose just picking on Kylan King for no reason hopefully we get a great match out of that that would be great maybe this is a way to pull in Kylan King into a contract uh, that'd be cool. I mean, she's great. She's got what what this uh, company needs. Uh, do you have anything else on this, or can we? No, we can we can move on, man. Okay. Uh, and and we did want not want to skip over the announcement that Excalibur made after that uh, previous Britt Baker match that uh, Jake Hager and Chris Jericho will be taking on the aforementioned Chaos Project next week on uh on dynamite so uh, mm-hmm. that should be an interesting match we all know uh 
Luther is in AEW because of Jericho. So um, we'll see if Jericho can pull the best out of Luther. Maybe we'll change our opinion. Who knows? So Maybe he can change um, his fucking gimmick. Maybe he, <laughs> right, maybe he right, beats right. him so. so bad that he comes back as something else. <laughs> <laughs> a one can wish, man. But yeah. from there, we moved on to uh, Eddie Kingston coming out into the ring with his boys, the Lucha Brothers. Um bringing out the referee uh, from last week, Remsburg, um, and just kind of reading in the riot act, kind of going over what happened in this match, saying, you know, uh, you know, he didn't tap out, he didn't get pinned, he didn't lose, just like you and I were speculating last week that would mm-hmm. happen. You know, he, again, right now, still has every claim to have a rematch, you know. So anyway, reading Remsburg, the riot act, undressing him in front of everybody, and I got to say, man, my boy Remsburg on the mic there, like confident as ever saying oh, yeah. exactly what I would say. Like, look, dude, like I've got a fucking job to do. Like we're cool homeboys, <laughs> but like job. we've got to be professionals here. Like yep. this is my job. And like, if I don't perform my job well, like I lose my job. And I think that to establish Kingston as a heel in this scenario and Remsburg as a face, relatively speaking, like it totally did the job. John, every man like myself can like, totally relate to Remsburg saying like, look, man, you're going to always be my boy, but like I'm at work. I got to do a job. Like we Mm -hmm. all got to do a job here. You know, we've got a family to take care of. So Remsburg holding his own on the mic. You rarely ever see that a referee, like really holding their own like that. So a cool little segment, um, essentially, you know, dressing down John Moxley in the process, talking about, you know, him being stupid to accept this where he gets to, Choose his opponent. Moxley, of course, comes out to Remsburg's aid. Um, and, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, like, damn, I would love to see me a Penta and John Moxley match, like, right about fucking now. Or a Phoenix and John Moxley match. But the match that I didn't know I needed was the one that was about to be announced. So, uh, right behind John Moxley, we have uh, the Butcher showing up and looking like a fucking monster. What do you have on this promo first, Jeff? Uh, the promo was great. Uh, obviously, Eddie Kingston uh, demands the spotlight. Uh, it, it, you know, he doesn't have to find the spotlight. The, fo- the, the spotlight has to find him. Uh, it, it's it's pretty great, man. Uh, I'm going to get right into this match because the butcher, looking like a butcher, like with his, his apron on, he's looking fucking mean as shit. He looked like a monster when he got pissed off and stood up and just shook and got beat red and did the Hulk Hogan uh, shake. I was like, holy fuck, I don't want to mess with that guy, even though he yeah, sounds dude. like a little kid still. Uh, I don't know if you listen to his fucking his podcast that he's on. He sounds like he's younger than us. Um, but this was really hard hitting. Uh, the pump handle, uh, Yernagi was fucking dope uh working the leg dude the butcher literally grabbing a body part and working uh the fucking leg of john moxley dude that was really cool psychology in this match uh the big pile driver from john moxley was uh, just a feat man how do you fucking pile drive the butcher the butcher's fucking huge um and then that bulldog chalk chalk choke for the win uh (laughs) Is this so? Is this going to be another one of his finishers that he's going to start, you know, pulling out on people? This is the second time he's won with this this chokehold, you know, submission wise. Look, man, you got to appreciate the evolution of John Moxley. Like, the dude is just a savant in the ring. Like, mm-hmm. he really is. 
He's and 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 I know that you've come on here and like eaten your crow from what you said about Moxley originally. He's a great dude. He's a great performer. Eating um, my crow. Well, sure. I just said I hated Demon Dean Ambrose. Oh, I get it, but you weren't sold on any WWE former WWE guys when they first came in. I know you. We talked about this. Oh yeah, I th- I um, thought Dean Ambrose sucks. John Moxley's awesome. So look, man, the all match single crab leg, like was like you mentioned, like a brilliant piece of psychology in this mm-hmm. match. Just like constantly, constantly working the leg of Moxley in this match, like really trying to make it hard for him to stand up or like really get any offense. And like they asked a lot of the butcher. And for somebody who's like also in like a very successful band, like how are you so good at like two different things? <laughs> like how are you so good at guitar? He plays guitar, right? Yeah, I think so. A guitar. I can't remember if it's guitar or bass, but how are you so a good at a musical instrument to where you've like made a lot of money and toured around the country? And then, oh, by the way, like on the side, like I just want to fucking be a wrestler. And by mm-hmm. the way, like I can hang in there with John Moxley and like carry the match as like the main aggressor in the match. So yeah. hats off to the butcher. Like this was certainly a coming out party for him. Um, the blade conspicuously absent this week. As well as Allie, conspicuously mm-hmm. absent this week. Maybe they're rekindling. Order? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> He's sealing the deal, um, dude. If, if there was there was no moves that are like holy shit, like this is like something I've never seen before going on in this match, but like just a beautifully like classic old style wrestling match, like one of the be- better ones I've seen in a long time. Um, so hats off to these two dudes. Like again, one of the better dynamite matches I've seen in a long time. Go back and rewatch this. Um, it's undoubtedly going to be one of our match of the weeks. I'm sure. So, um, phenomenal end to dynamite, Jeff. Um, that's all we had, right? So yeah, that's it on dynamite. Without, yeah. Without further ado, I think, uh, I think it's time, Jeff, you know what to do. Yeah. The official match of the week. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, the match of the week for me is going to be Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks. Absolute Ricky Starks. I love this match. Uh what match did you have, buddy? Dude, my I was between that or the uh I had three matches actually that stood out, so I want to make sure I name all three of them. So I give them all love. Like you said, that Darby Allen, um, uh ricky stark's match was awesome i think the the jurassic express versus alan angels and preston vance match on dark is definitely worth re-watching but my match of the week is going to be the one that we just talked about it was your main event from dynamite john moxley versus the butcher butcher really really stealing the show here as a good wrestler john moxley mm-hmm. the gutsy champion the gutsy baby face pulling out the win here in the end, ensuring that he will be the one to face Lance Archer for the AEW World Championship at the one-year anniversary Dynamite on October 14th. But before then, as we mentioned earlier, next week will be the 30th anniversary of Chris Jericho. We're going to celebrate it on Dynamite. Our main host, our main man, Jeff, and myself are going to be doing a top five Jericho list. So uh, make sure you listen for that because I think we're going to have a cool giveaway associated with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that that does it for us this week, guys. Uh, you know where to find us on Twitter uh, at a hundred elite pod, the official AEW uh, Twitter page, uh, and then our personal Twitter pages are uh, at jangler88 for me, and Mister Zach Preston is 
Orange Zachety. O-R-A-N-G-E-Z-A-C-I-T-Y. <laughs> um, and then you can find me on Twitch, uh, Mr. Free 88 x or recently on Facebook Gaming. Uh, actually, a lot better avenue and a lot better uh, community there. It's pretty easy to use. So Facebook Gaming, uh, Mr. Freeze 88 x same thing. So either way, you can yeah. find me streaming some games. I'll be playing as soon as we get done recording and streaming on Facebook Live. So Yeah. Uh, and as always, if you want to uh, get that ass whipped on uh, FIFA, you can hit me up on Xbox at Frisco Trisket, F-R-I-S-C-O. <laughs> Trisket, we can get on that headset. We can shit talk. We can talk about wrestling. We can talk about bourbon. We can talk about soccer, whatever you want. Come get that ass kicked on Frisco Trisket. Oh, yeah. And don't forget, guys, uh, this will be on YouTube. So if you're listening to the podcast, go to 100% Elite Podcast, subscribe, like, do all that fun stuff. Hit the notification bell so you guys will get uh, the notification every time we upload stuff. We will unsubscribe, resubscribe. unsubscribe uh, re-review yeah just uh yeah leave us some comments talk to us in that feed i'm new at youtube i'm still i mean relatively new out of podcast even even though this is episode 42 so um yeah but we'll be a lot more uh interactive with things like that and we will probably be posting more content than just the podcast on here too maybe uh, some bonus episodes, just strictly YouTube content and not podcast stuff to maybe drive some people towards the YouTube stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, you guys can find uh, my boy Eric, uh, Edge Music, um, yeah, for this song at the end here. Uh, but that'll do it for us. Uh, oh, yeah, duh. You can find him Edge419 on twitch and things like that and youtube and edge underscore 419 on twitter uh but other than that see ya later Try to step to me so maybe you should crawl a bit